Ahoy, mateys, and welcome to the AnimeBooey.org Anime Fan Recommendation Podcast, your monthly port of call for anime reviews and recommendations that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, First Mate Sidekick, and with me, as always, is Captain Spike. Mark, go, go, go! Today is March 12th, 2017, and this is Anime Buoy Podcast, Episode 20, Speed Racer, the Motion Picture. Welcome, once again, our beautiful and lovely listeners, to another episode of the AnimeBooey.org Anime Fan Recommendation Podcast. AnimeBooey.org Anime Fan Recommendation Podcast. This week, we're shifting gears a little bit, pun intended, and trying something a little different here on Anime Buoy, because we're going to be oh. talking about the live-action adaptation done by a you know Western studio and Western talent about Speed Racer, the oh. 1967 influential anime and manga. But first, real quick, we have a little bit of news bits. Now, typically, you know, we try not to be a news-centric show, but this is actually a follow-up to one of our previous episodes, because we have news just from within the past day or so that the anime Overlord is getting a second season. Hooray! So, um... That is going to be coming hopefully soon, and we'll definitely continue to let you know. You know, we definitely had a lot of fun with the first season of Overlord, so I'm looking forward to seeing Momonga-san continue his adventures in the MMO. (laughs) Me too. So... Yeah, we wanted to try something a little different this week and, you know, kind of start to branch out into some other possible areas while still, you know, keeping a Japanese media-centric view. So with that, let's buckle in and get this party started. So the overview of Speed Racer, the 2008 film, is, you know, very much derived from the original anime. So it involves Speed Racer, who is an 18-year-old automobile racer who's kind of trying to chase after his late brother's dream of you know being really successful out in the racing world and so the main conflict in the story is that um he is forced to choose between staying loyal to his family and their company racer motors and the big industry ep um owned by et ep armed royalton called royalton industries so you know it definitely introduces some new ideas but definitely has a lot of the spirit and silliness of the original show. So the main creative talent behind this adaptation was Lily and Lana Wachowski. Uh, You know, you definitely recognize their names from the Matrix trilogy. Of course, also Cloud Atlas, V for Vendetta. I mean... And you know, I have no interest in dead naming either of the sisters, but I do want to note this was their um, last directorial effort as the Wachowski brothers right because you know um as we know them today they have um, both come out as trans women and were you know obviously fully in support of that and you know definitely seeing a lot of their work including speed racer through that lens makes it really interesting well and that's actually why i i bring it up is um something that i really think is super interesting about speed racer as an adaptation is that it actually treats the material i feel with a lot more gravitas than um the original anime treated the concept and you actually I feel do have a lot of the um, how do I say this there's like a lot of subtext and emotional weight that I think really takes on added dimensions when you consider um, the point in both of 
the sisters' lives they were at when they made this movie, as well as where they were each in their individual transition. Yeah. Um, it really does come through in a lot of the themes of this piece. So I, I just, I really thought it was important to point that out. Again, not with any intention of disrespecting or dead naming or dead gendering, just to point out um, very much if you're looking for a, a queer-inspired, um, trans-influenced storyline, you, you actually do get that here. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely see it in The Matrix as well. So, you know, uh, the Wachowskis are very celebrated, sometimes polarized for, you know, the daring choices that they choose to make. And this is definitely true with Speed Racer. It was, you know, very much lauded for its special effects and its visual appeal, but got a lot of criticism on the story, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I personally disagree. Um, You know, uh, and I I mainly wanted to focus on the Wachowskis because, you know, it is really their spirit. And, you know, they are um, auteurs, really. Um, It was, of course, made possible with the help of producer Joel Silver, who is a longtime collaborator. And, you know, a lot of the, um, you know, the cinematography was done by David Tattersall, who, you know, is not really a household name, but he's done things a lot with the, a lot with George Lucas. Um, He did the prequel trilogy, which I know was not very well received. Um, Interestingly, he is working on the upcoming, Death Note uh, American live action film. So that's very interesting to see another connection to anime coming in. And then, you know, the music was done by Michael Giacchino, uh, who has a really interesting sort of resume as well. He's done a lot of things for television, Lost, Alias, Fringe, but also done video game music for um, Medal of Honor and Call of Duty games. Um, Done some work with Pixar for Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up. Done some work for Jurassic World and Rogue One. So, you know, Maybe not again, not a household name unless you're really see you're saying that and I'm like, really? Because to me, I would actually say that his score, particularly of like Lost, made him a household name to most people. You know, he did the score for Cloverfield, that was a really big deal. Um, you know, the Star Trek movie, uh Let Me In, obviously Super Eight. Uh, you know, he's done score scoring work for the Mission Impossible films. I actually, as uh scores go, absolutely would would call him a a household name. He's even did work for like uh, Doctor Strange and even Rogue One. Yeah, he's doing the upcoming Spider-Man: Homecoming. As as uh, film scores go in film pro- composers, I should say, go in 2017. I think at this point he is like a tier. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you definitely have heard his work before, even if the name itself is not familiar. So you know, I, I'm just I I think it's like something that's different from anime that we. You know, when we're typically talking about anime here is that I, for some reason, tend to pay more attention to the different creative talent involved there than I do often in, you know, Western cinema. So, you know, that's definitely something I should change. Uh, the editing done by Zach Stanberg, who won an Academy Award for his editing on The Matrix, a longtime collaborator, also with help from editing with Roger Barton, who has worked on a lot of really well-received and maybe not well-received films, but... uh Titanic, you know, was very huge. Also worked on uh, Star Wars Episode Three, and uh, you know has continued to you know have worked on some of the Transformers, the upcoming new Pirates of the Caribbean film. So you know definitely has has been around. So and like I said, the Wachowskis definitely have a lot of people that they like to work with. Uh, you know, and that's very common when you have someone like the Wachowskis or Tim Burton or something. And you know you see it in anime too. You know that. 
Uh, like Yoko Kano likes to work with a lot of the same people over time. So, you know, it's definitely uh, cool to see the creative talent kind of carry along with that. So anyway, without further ado, I want to talk a little bit about the production history of this adaptation, because it's really interesting kind of how it finally came to be. Oh, yeah. It actually dates all the way back to 1992, and with Warner Brothers having the director of Space Jam, <laughs> Joe Pitka, um, was they were going to have him create a live-action adaptation. And the role of Racer X was initially attached to such people as Henry Rollins and Johnny Depp, so you know. Uh, Keanu Reeves was uh, in the running there for a while, too. That's interesting. Uh, so, basically there were, like, budget issues. They once considered Gus Van Sant to be on board, Alfonso Cuaron, so definitely really interesting. I mean, aside from the Space Jam director, no offense, but uh, very interesting to see, you know, very visionary directors attached to this project. Uh, Vince Vaughn was attached to it for a while as Racer X and was going to be like kind of taking a creative role. But eventually, um, actually, it wasn't until October 2006 that the Wachowskis were kind of brought on board to write and direct the film. And so it's really interesting how the Wachowskis kind of um, brought their history and perspective to it because the Wachowskis are definitely have been longtime fans of anime. You know, they always often cite Ghost in the Shell, Ninja Scroll, and, and others among influences on them. Of course, you know, working with anime directors for the Animatrix shorts. So, you know, they've definitely had, you know, a love of anime just throughout their lives. And actually, Speed Racer was the first anime they had ever seen. So they kind of wanted to honor that childhood love of Speed Racer and also create a film that was appropriate for their family to watch. So like their nieces and nephews, because, you know, a lot of their work's very gritty, very adult. Uh, So they really went in with the intention of making a family film and the goal of reaching a wider audience. And so they spent uh, 2007 filming and editing and you know was, a lot of it was done digitally so that they could use special effects and computer graphics to really create that um, illusion of looking like an anime come to life so that it's actually in, was shot entirely against a green screen green screen sorry um, and then was released in 2008 so as I mentioned uh, it was really pretty poorly received it received some Razzie awards which was the golden raspberry which is like you know the anti academy awards basically well and you know i'm sitting here just like i'm a new um a lot of the younger outlets of press and a lot of the enthusiast and genre press within the sci-fi realm actually gave the movie very high awards i know in particular um io9 who is now um you know largely regarded as one of the premier places to discuss sci-fi media on the internet they were all about it um and in fact even um in the last year or two have published um such articles as like 10 reasons why the film is an unsung masterpiece mm-hmm. um even at the time of release uh the chicago tribune uh, had a lot of very positive things to say and you know michael phillips over there is a very noted um film critic critic <laughs> yeah. sorry i'm yeah, really struggling today it's, it's very well, because it's weird it's weird to talk also talk about uh you know western film when we're typically talking about anime well, so and you know um ign even had given the film a, a very positive uh review 
review and their actual byline for the review was very much in line with what I largely think about the film, which is that, you know, it's not only the best film it could be for what it is, it's exactly what it should be. Yeah. And that for me is, I think, the important lens to look at Speed Racer through. You know, you're you're absolutely right, of course, and, and you are right to say that at the time it was largely panned because it was largely panned. I would simply argue that in this case, it's sort of like that Principal Skinner Simpsons gif where he's like, no, it's the children who are wrong. Like, <laughs> like That to me is film critics talking about Speed Racer. I think Speed Racer is a phenomenal film that is unfairly crapped on for being its own beast, for being a real adaptation of the material, for taking itself seriously, for being probably the most anti-capitalist film I've ever seen. It is It is just not, it does not fit squarely into the expectations of a major audience. And that's why, you know, I think there's a lot of value in us talking about it here as well. I think a lot of people who would really like this movie have maybe never seen it because it has such a bad rap. Right. And, you know, it's really developed a cult following over the past nine years. Holy mackerel. Yeah. So um, with that, I want to, you, you know, you really were starting to touch on some of the things that I wanted to cover. And first and foremost, how does this movie succeed as an anime adaptation? Well, I mean... <laughs> I hate to be this person, but like it would be easier to talk about the ways that it doesn't succeed. Um, as far as how it succeeds, you know, it it translates the characters of Speed Racer into actual like people. Um, obviously, they're still caricatures to some degree. How could they not be? But at the same time, if you take the personalities present in the original Speed Racer, you have you know Speed Racer who is like endlessly devoted to racing, Trixie who is endlessly devoted to speed, Pops who who loves his family and is, you know, the hardest working repairman possible in all of the racing industry who can build a car with his own hands in two days. You know, it, it, when you think about these characters existing in 3D meat space, for lack of a better term, you know, it's it's a laughable concept. But this movie, I think, really goes as far as possible to really validate these characters in that space and make them become, you know, breathe, breathing, living characters. I'm so glad you and mentioned that. And that, to that. me, that to me is I think really where it most succeeds as an adaptation because you know you can look at the races and you can think like oh this is exactly how speed racer cartoon races would have to work in 3D to make things like spear hooks and flying wings and you know cars doing jumping aerial acrobatic kung fu this is the only way that could possibly have been rendered is three dimensional concepts and still work the way they did in the animation uh, so to me it, it succeeds by really trusting in the material and just bringing that material into a 3D space with as little tweaking as possible but doing the tweaking where essential. Yeah, I'm so glad that you focused on like the heart of the characters because so often what's the only thing that's really looked at is the visual look of it, which you know definitely the colors are very bright and you know, um, I just I think it looks fantastic in terms of Oh yeah, of make looking... no mistake, I think this is a gorgeous film. I just rewatched it last week and despite, you know, being a special effects fest that's now 10 years old, that's usually not a good sign. I still think it looks tremendous. 
Indeed. And, uh, you know, just like the just the way that the you know shots are and sometimes they'll have like, you know, the anime like backgrounds where there's like the wines and stuff. So, I mean, it it definitely takes its adaptation as an anime seriously. It does not try to de-anime, de- for lack of a better word, the appearance of the source material. And, yeah, absolutely. You know, the casting was really, I think, what helped make that succeed. You know, Emil Hirsch was Speed Racer and just really played him with a lot of heart. Uh, and then Christina Ricci, a great Trixie, John Goodman, Susan Sarandon as Mom and Pops. I, I re- wouldn't really recognize the kid who played Spritel, but I mean, for as annoying as Spritel was in the original show in Chim Chim, like I actually tolerate Spritel in, in in this movie because uh, you know it, he's what he's supposed to be, and that's like what you said that this movie is what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, what drew you to th- this movie? Like when it, when it was first being, you know, or I mean, I guess I could say, you know, could have been back in 92, but what, what first drew you to the Wachowski Speed Racer? Okay, well, in fact, you, you give a very interesting starting note right there. So I did not see Speed Racer opening day. I ended up seeing it on a lark after it had been open for maybe a week and a half to two weeks. Um, you know, I love bad movies. I don't talk about that a lot here because Anime Bowie, you know, we are typically talking about anime shows. Is that we're trying to recommend that we're trying to recommend but really i prefer watching bad movies to good movies most of the time so you I mean find, we're gonna do a dragon half episode then i find tremendous fun and even value in looking at very big ambitious films that ultimately failed um for me i find it endlessly interesting to learn about how these cinematic train wrecks went off the rails finding out you know who paid money for this to exist who wrote this like what was their intention for me breaking down every piece of of a a large you know triple a movie that that ultimately bombs for me i just see i take great joy in in breaking these things down and and really thinking about the creative process behind them so once speed racer was bombing hard getting critically panned of course i became instantly instantly enamored of it i was just absolutely focused on it then you toss in of course the wachowskis made it you know i'm a big fan of matthew fox i think he's super foxy Mm -hmm. so it just turned in and let me be clear this movie has Matthew Fox in a leather bodysuit for most of it and mm-hmm. there are some lingering camera shots where it's clear like the Wachowskis have like a leather thing uh, and I the think Matrix, you, the <laughs> Matrix didn't clue you into that and I mean between the Matrix but even more than the Matrix bound well yeah okay um, you know and then the, only, the uh, one scene where he's not in his leather suit he's in his skivvies so well there's also a really great scene of him in a business suit but again, these are still yes. all ticking boxes for me. So no, it's, you know, what drew me to this movie was that I heard it was awful and awful movies are a thing for me made by two of my favorite directors. So of course, that's something I'm super into. One of my favorite actors in terms of thirst, I had to see this movie. The thing is, after I saw it, before the credits were done rolling, because I stay through the credits for everything I see, the moment the movie ended, the credits are still rolling. I was texting people like you have to see Speed Racer the critics are wrong and people are like I remember that and people are like oh is it that bad and like assuming that like oh it must be so bad and I'm like no I actually don't think there's any level on which Speed Racer is bad and that holds true today so how did I how did I initially get drawn into it perfect perfect uh, storm of thirst admiration of the creative talent and expecting a bad product that it turned out to be an amazing movie that I saw in the theater 
no less than six times, <laughs> including on IMAX. I mean, that is just happy, just happy happenstance. Yeah, and then I, I saw them, I saw it at least four of those six times with you, including the IMAX, because, yeah, you had, I remember getting that text, you were like, yeah, Speed Racer is, like, the critics are wrong, you need to see it, we are going to see it. I was like, okay, cool, I'll go with the flow. And, I mean, I just, I guess I had not really, it wasn't really on my radar at the time. I was just like, oh, Speed Racer, LOL, because, you know, I always found the Speed Racer anime to be pretty cheesy, and I don't know if that's just because it was a very primitive dub, you know, even though we have to appreciate it for it's, what it was. It's a, it's a little bit of both. And, you know, I actually, and I didn't mention this because it played very little part in why I saw the movie, but I actually watched a lot of Speed Racer growing up. Um, I didn't care for it as a, like an older teen, you know, they started playing Speed Racer um, on MTV around the time of like li- the liquid television type era, Beavis and Butthead and all that. Um, I watched a lot of Speed Racer before that, though, and, and I really liked it when I was a kid. Then I fell out of it as a teen be- for those reasons, because it is cheesy. Well, Having gone back, that, like, it's, it, it is cheesy in Japanese as well. Is it? That's yes. interesting, because it's been very hard for me to try to find stuff on YouTube like of Japanese. Makogogogo. So... Um, and so, you know, it's, it is really interesting to see how something that was cheesy, you know, there is a level of cheese there, but it's just, it's got so much heart, and that's what caused me to go back three more times to see it. Uh, so, uh, I want to go back a minute to, you've started to touch on a little bit of this earlier, but our middle school English class question, what are the themes of this movie? Because, I mean, you know, sometimes when we're talking about anime, it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's a slice of life, school life romance and there's maybe not really any deep themes but you know the Wachowskis are like all about you know metaphor and everything so uh, you know I think it's a very appropriate question to ask here as we occasionally do with certain anime. Well you know the main themes of Speed Racer are actually something I've thought about a lot over the years. Um, Of course there is a large focus on the idea of like the corrupting influence of money and power you you know, this film is very anti-capitalism, um, very much in favor of like family and you know honor, shared respect, mutual respect. I guess you should could say um, real themes of like obligation, both the senses of obligation that we have to others around us, but also the sense of obligation that we have to ourselves to you know achieve our own goals and you know really how we as individuals have the ability to overcome the things in our life and the. Things Things that we fear that hold us back from attaining those things, which to me is where it really gets interesting to look at this as the last film that the Wachowskis made before their transition, because, you know, we have these themes on like really looking within yourself and and really working to reach a goal, even when people tell you that, you know, not only can you not, but like that you should not, you know, really and that they're actively to, work against you. Yeah, exactly. You know, daring to go actively against the flow, even of the people who love you, you know, there's a lot lot of themes of about you know one character literally surgically changes their face and no longer can be accepted by their family like it's hard to think of a more on the nose metaphor for what they were going through than that yeah so you know it's it's to me it's actually like a a really interesting and nuanced piece of filmmaking speed racer and and i'm not being facetious i like i'm talking here i'm you know willing to back this up um we have you know a character who literally tries 
tries to like come out to his family with what his goals are and his family kicks him out and says you know they never want to see him again and he ends up undergoing surgery to surgically change his appearance and is you know never accepted by them again even after he sees that you know his family misses him they regret the words that were said they regret the things that were done but at this point he now is so far from the man that they knew that he can no longer return to them i you know i there's tremendous value in in themes like that being explored in you know a, a mainstream major a family film a, a family film absolutely and then so when you end up with the next generation of characters who are in a similar position you see the family changing their tactic and like we still don't approve of what you're doing but our door is always open to you we are always here for you and so these ideas of also you know within our own um traps of negativity and and closing doors on our loved ones and and being cruel and unkind learning you can never fix the past but you can learn to not repeat your mistakes you know to me the real core of speed racer the motion picture obviously there's the sense of like driving driving go 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 and you know capitalism is bad damn the man you know independent communities are are you know really where we need to be at the people we love the people who will contribute to us living our best lives but for me the the chief theme is really the idea of personal growth of of accepting the good and the bad of your past and not letting that shape you but rather resisting that and letting yourself shape you yeah definitely and i think it's really interesting the idea of family too and from my understanding uh the wachowski's parents have always been very supportive of everything they've done and that family is really important to them so i mean you definitely see um chosen and you know blood families be a big theme in their films and uh you know i think it's just really interesting to look at the racer family and contrast it with somebody like the togacon family which you know you definitely see um the loyalties kind of lying in different places there and so uh you know not not to expand too much well, on and, what you uh, said horoku togacon even has a stated line in the film where she basically says you know i i've seen your family and i wish my family were like this exactly exactly so so, uh, yeah, but I, I really, like I said, I can't I think of anything to really add that you haven't already covered. So to, to start winding things down, uh, what characters were you kind of most attached to in this movie? And I know there's so many of them are so lovable and or you know, you love to hate them. And then also, what were some of your favorite moments without being too spoilery? OK, so first off, my favorite character would have to be a tie between Racer X and Speed Racer. Right. Um, I think Emile Hirsch acted Speed Racer perfectly when again you know it comes back to what I was saying earlier when I think about how you would translate Speed Racer to like a living breathing like three dimensional character Emil Hirsch in the racing sequences in like the full get up with the neckerchief and everything it's just doing the pose even like doing the jump out of the car yeah. and pose is like he's Speed Racer he fully inhabits that role um, but I like Matthew Fox's Racer X because you know I actually think that Racer X in the racing sequences still 
retains a lot of what made Racer X Racer X in the original anime, but also brings to the table, you know, a lot more gravitas, all of the weight of the, um, you know, personality and identity politics that come into play with that character. And also, man, he is just hot AF in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, holy mackerel. But, you know, I, I really do need to give big ups to, um, you know, John Goodman as Pops Racer and Susan Sarandon as Mom's ra- Mom Racer. I wanted to call her Mom's, mom's Racer. Yo, Mom's. Um, you know, they. it's hard to imagine, again, a more perfect cast for these characters than these. Um, it's funny because in the when this movie was coming out, another um, outlet that reviewed it very highly was Ain't It Cool News? And I believe they called John Goodman as Pops Racer an action film god, which I'm not sure if I can possibly agree with that. Um, Pops Racer back in the uh, old anime, though, you know, he was a very competent fist fighter. He did throw down from time to time, always very competently in defense of his family. So, you know, that did make the transition. And that is actually what I want to tie in my segue to my favorite sequence of the film. Um, It's uh, during the... Casa Cristo race? Well, during the Casa Cristo race, everyone, when they're going through the the caverns, everyone gets out of their car to, like, reconvene and, like, plan the next stage of their their, uh, strategy. And they end up getting into a fist fight with, like, some rando mooks. And it's stylized in a very anime way. They use, like, freeze frames and, like, sliding Mm -hmm. background animations to convey movement. Um, And it just, I think, is a a really beautifully composed and choreographed action fight sequence. (coughs) And that is something else, you know. Um, It's easy to LOL about Speed Racer, but the action sequences, I think, are really underappreciated. But you just have to remember, like, the Wachowskis worked with some of the best action choreographers alive in their previous film. Remember how they did the whole bullet time thing? (laughs) You know, Yeah, they literally pioneered new filming techniques for action sequences. And I absolutely thought they brought that talent to the table in this film. I think it's really underappreciated. And that for me, um, also any of the any of the race sequences where race or race where speed is racing against his memories of Rex. Um, I always th- have thought that those are beautifully composed scenes oh, yeah. that manage to um, convey a lot of storytelling through the environment. You know, I talk about that a lot in when I'm discussing anime and video games, less so typically when I'm talking about live action features. But I really feel like there's a lot of story told very subtly in Speed Racer. Uh, the focus is, you know, LOL, cars, CGI, ha ha ha. But a lot is really communicated by like the way they drive, you know, the expressions of furrowed brows on a driver's face and while why he's they behind drive. the wheel, why they drive. Absolutely. So that stuff always gets me. And, you know, I'm a big softy, but like that very Evangelion moment toward the end of the film is is always a bright spot for me, too. So, yeah, I I, I like this entire movie so yeah. much. What, what about you? Your favorite characters and favorite scenes? I mean, like I said, um, like mom and pops definitely have, you know, deserve a lot of credit. Susan Sarandon and John Goodman just uh, really bringing a lot of heart to those characters. Um and like you said, even like the characters like Sparky, who was kind of like forgettable, honestly, in the anime, you know, you kind of are like, oh, he, he's kind of a lovable goof. And like when he tries to fight, he gets his ass kicked and can't do anything. So, you know, just definitely uh, a lot of fun there. And um, even with like Snake Oiler and like some of the other ones, like they're just, it's really well cast. But I'd have to say again, Speed and Racer X like you. And I, I think my favorite moment, besides although the- Trixie was amazing, let's. Oh yeah, Christina Ricci as Trixie was so good. Perfect. I love that sequence with uh, Little Girl 
Trixie, so not even not even, not even Christina Ricci. It was Ariel Winter, who is Alex Dunphy on Modern Family. Yes, and um, you know when she like uh, rears back and ends up slugging the other boy that is making fun of Speed for being so obsessed and a failure at school. I love that moment. I think that's a great moment. And then the visual effect after she like goes to help him and like all of the background lighting effects turn into little like hearts. I just uh-huh. think that is such a cute touch. Yeah. Um. I would say my favorite scene is probably uh, when Speed has had a really, he's going through a really tough spot. And so he goes out to the racetrack to get his aggression out. And then Racer X ends up going there and he's like, uh, you know, I just hope that like when you win that race that I'm there to see it or whatever. And like that, that moment is just like so animated me and something that really, I really stands out to me is, and you kind of were saying like, you know, that there were Evangelion moments for you, uh, but what I really find striking is that there's so much that, like, in the way, like you said, the way they tell the story, um, that draws from anime that's not necessarily drawing from the original anime itself. From so, Speed Racer, you mean? Right, from the original Speed Racer anime itself. That That's where I think it really succeeds as an anime adaptation, is that in some ways, to me, it's more anime than the actual Speed Racer anime, which may be a little sacrilegious, but that's just how much... I, I, how important I think this film is. Excellent. Uh, so with that, do you have any closing thoughts before we start to wrap up? Um, just that I, I hope people who are listening to this who have maybe never seen Speed Racer might make the choice to watch it and give it a fair shot. I think it's a much better movie than uh, the critics said, and I think it gets an unfair rap. I hope someday it gets its due. Yeah. Uh, don't want to spend too much time talking about supplemental material as we sometimes do. I mean, obviously there's the original Speed Racer and Anime. There's actually been multiple Speed Racer anime, um, and you know their Western adaptations and such. Um, there was a PS2, I believe it might have been also a GameCube game based on the original. Was it PS? It was PS2, I think, which is weird because I'm was... only really familiar with the Wii game actually, and it oh. was very much like a uh, F Zero adjacent game that actually did um, incorporate the game's car foo into it during the sort of longer stretches of of driving combat. Okay, because for some reason I feel like it was also on PS2, but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not honestly too familiar with that game, uh, but I'm glad you could speak to it because uh, at the time I remember that not being super well received either. Yeah, you know, it's actually funny. Um, it's initial reviews, the Wii release, and it, it was released on PS2, I've confirmed. Uh, the Wii release actually got an 8 out of 10 on IGN. It was a, a pretty well received game. Uh, you know, people were, were really thirsty for that kind of content on the Wii platform. Um, a lot of people expecting an F-Zero game and never getting one. So in a lot of ways, Speed Racer was the next best thing. Cool. All right. With that, we're going to shift over (laughs) again, pun intended, to our Ask Meow. So we said this month we're shifting gears a bit and talking about the 2008 live action adaptation of Speed Racer. Have you seen this cult classic? We had a tweet from Sparky916 saying, so many colors. Hell yes. Your enzyme asking, is it any good? I've, it's not something I've heard much of anything about. Uh, yes, it's so good. And Edward One Four saying best comic and slash animation adaptation. So I mean that coming from not not manga anime adaptation, best comic slash animation adaptation. That's pretty. Uh, and that's pretty big. And I agree. When people ask me like, what do you think is the best adaptation? For me, one hundred percent of the time, Speed Racer is the answer. So I'm so glad that uh, you know others out there appreciate it, and we hope that you will too. 
It's just obviously, I mean, we clearly have a lot of love for it if we're willing to recommend a Western-created live-action film on an anime podcast. I think that's, that speaks should speak volumes about it. And with that, uh, just really quickly, moving on to what's up. I said, hey, what's going on? Yeah, um, this week I, of course, have been keeping up on my regulars, stuff like, you know, Dragon Ball Super and what have you. But um, I've also been watching Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun, which is a really fun shoujo series. Um, I'm going to get Slaggy started on it. I I made him watch the first episode last night. And um, it's one that I think we'll probably end up doing an episode of here on Anime Bowie because I think it's a really fun and smart series. I think it's a very good take on a modern day shoujo concept. See, I was I was ready for you to be like, okay, we're gonna turn this off. But then like I actually really enjoyed it and I think there's a lot of great humor and fun in the what I've seen so far. So with that, we love your feedbacks. We love your iTunes subscriptions, ratings, and reviews, as well as Google Play, Stitcher Radio. We like your Facebook likes and we effing love Twitter. We effing love Twitter. You can mail us at mailbuoy at animebuoy.org. Mailbuoy at animebuoy.org. And of course our home base is animebuoy.org. AnimeBuoy.org. Captain Spike, shout us out a few podcasts. Of course, the first podcast you should check out is GameBuoy.org, where Slykick and I uh, come at you twice monthly. We are your port of call for gaming news, recommendations, and news bits that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I also want to point you in the direction of PodYukin, CCCP, Comics, Cosplay, and Cons podcast, focusing on the three favorite non-video game nerd pastimes of at Edward Wong 4 and his co-hosts. And last but definitely not least is the Ranger Pridecast, where myself and Shane Alenko talk about the current season of the Power Rangers meta series, as well as the current series of the Super Sentai meta series, upon which it's based out of Japan. If you're interested in what we talk about here on Anime Bui, you might be interested in what we talk about over there on Ranger Pride. Slaggy, what about you? I'd like to shout out to an anime podcast called Transformation Sequence. The podcast where a panel of nerds gets to talk about anime without fears of random bullies spearhooking them during the race. I'd also like to shout out to a different type of racing with RuPaul's Drag Race, which is about drag queens. So that is our podcast, Reading is Fundamental, the podcast where myself, Captain Spike, Delvin from Video Game Realness, and Rob Roberts from Orange Lounge Radio talk about everything drag race, hunty. We'll be starting up... uh, We'll have our episode zero available this week with the first season of Drag Race. I'm sorry, the first episode of Drag Race season nine coming up um, later this month. Excellent. And I'd also like to point you in the direction of the same type attack bonus podcast. Your twice monthly look into the deeper roles of Pokemon where myself, Captain Spike and Trainer Sulker. I guess we're all trainers over there instead of first mates and captains. But we are joined by Trainer Sulker and looking at the anime cards, video games and all. All 
that sort of jazz. With that, uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us talk about a live action film on an anime podcast. Uh, Any closing thoughts that you'd like to share? I, uh, you know, I gave my closing thoughts already, but I would implore those of you out there in internet radio land, let us know if you got anything out of this episode. There are a whole slate of anime adaptations coming up, as well as obviously hundreds of them already existent in Japanese. If these are the kinds of conversations you're interested in hearing, we would be happy to um, have these in addition to our general anime conversations. There are some really great live live action adaptations out there. Thank you. Well, with that... Thanks so much for tuning in. We look forward to talking to you next month. But until then, keep watching, keep thinking, and go Speed Racer, go! Tobase, maha go! Mics are hot. Hot mics, hot mics.